In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, this morning is the first morning of a new age, a new season, the age of God's victory. God's victory over everything that separates us from him, whether that's evil, whether that's sin, whether that's death, whether that's our very own flesh, God has victory over it, and he is the Lord of all. And so this morning is the first day of a season in our church here. Today is the first day of the celebration of the resurrection of our Lord, but it's hardly the only day. In fact, Easter in the church calendar is a 50-day celebration. We celebrate for seven weeks. And so in our Sunday services, during these worship services of Easter, we hear from the book of Acts as our first reading instead of an Old Testament reading. And so it's here in the book of Acts where I would like to direct our focus this morning. And so our first reading from Acts chapter 10 is actually a sermon preached by St. Peter to a man named Cornelius, and to Cornelius' household, his family, and his servants. Cornelius, Acts tells us, was not Jewish. He was not from Jerusalem. And so what's recorded here in Acts 10 is how Peter preaches the gospel, including the good news of the resurrection, to a man who knew nothing about Jesus Christ. Right? This is all completely new news to Cornelius. And so Peter begins his sermon proclaiming the universal love of God. He says, I truly understand that God shows no partiality. In other words, God doesn't play favorites. If you're Jewish or Gentile, rich or poor, male or female, slave or free, so on, God loves you. Christ has taken on flesh for you. Christ has died and been raised for you, no matter who you are, where you're from. The external markers we bear in this world have no influence in regards to God's love for you. And so it's a message for everyone. It's a message that's meant to go out into the world, a universal message of God's favor. This is the message that fills up churches around the world on Easter Sunday, or at least I hope it does. Because it's the message that says God loves you. God has defeated all that stands in his way. It is the triumph of light over darkness. It is the coming of new life, the hope of spring, the chance for a new beginning. It's the message of the gospel that we all need. God has made a way of salvation for all people in the world. But then, Peter makes a curious remark. As he tells Cornelius about the resurrection and the story of Christ being raised, he says, But God raised Jesus on the third day and allowed him to appear not to all people, but to those of us who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And so notice there's a kind of a turnaround. Right? Peter begins by saying, This is a message of peace for everyone in the world. He says, Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Jesus is the Lord of all tribes, all tongues, all races. He's the Lord of male, female, rich and poor alike. Jesus reigns over them. It's a universal message. But, Peter says, 
The risen Christ only appeared to those whom God chose as witnesses. Christ did not appear to everyone in Jerusalem. St. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians that Jesus appeared to around 500 people. So there were maybe about 100,000 people living in and around Jerusalem at that time. And so Jesus appeared to about half a percent of the population. Not a large number. Consider even all the thousands that the gospel tells us that Jesus came to through his ministry. All of those who were healed. All of those he fed. All of those who encountered Jesus in one way or another. Of all of those who said they believed in Jesus or who wanted to see Jesus, only a slim minority of them saw the risen Lord. And it's clear from the gospel accounts that the risen Christ was not obvious even to those who were close to Jesus. In the Gospel of John, for instance, Mary Magdalene does not even recognize him. The disciples did not recognize Jesus on the beach just after daybreak as they were fishing. The disciples on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24, they don't recognize Jesus either. And it seems to be that the risen Jesus is only recognized by faith. We see then how Peter's sermon goes from the universal to the particular. God's love is indeed for everyone. It's for the whole world. But the truth is there are only a few who will ever truly receive it in their lives. Only a handful will ever truly live in embracing the peace that comes from Christ. Because this peace is only known in our lives through faith. The risen Christ and the salvation that he brings to us are only received when we put our trust into him. This is what Peter says at the end of his sermon. Everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Belief, as Peter uses it, is not just intellectual assent. It's not just saying, oh yeah, I know the story of Jesus. I believe in that stuff. I'm a Christian. That's not true belief. True belief is not being a member of a church. True belief is not showing up on Sunday mornings because you're supposed to. Rather, as St. Peter uses it, true belief is trust. True faith is to wish and receive the offered promise of the forgiveness of sins through what Jesus Christ has done for you. It is handing yourself over to Christ and saying, I trust you, Lord. I give my life to you. I cannot save myself. I am a sinner, so I give myself to you. That is trust. Faith is like a man who falls off a cliff and reaches out for a branch to hold on to to save him, and he knows that that branch is his only hope. Faith in Jesus Christ is knowing that there is no hope in life or in death except in Jesus Christ. On this Easter morning, then, the resurrection of the Lord is of no benefit to us unless we receive it with faith. He is not a benefit because without faith we cannot recognize him. Unless we have faith, unless we entrust ourselves to Christ, our sins are not forgiven. Again, St. Peter says to us that the forgiveness of sin comes to those who believe in the name of Christ. Faith is the obedience everyone must render unto the Lord. By faith, we make ourselves subject to Christ 
and we become the partakers of his grace and blessings. By faith, we share with Christ in his victory over sin, death, and the devil, and that is through faith. It's through trust, through receiving the gift. Those who had faith, Peter says, recognized Christ after he rose from the dead, and he ate and drank with them who came to recognize him by faith. The chosen few who got to go witness the risen Christ by faith had that faith strengthened when they ate with him. He is strengthening their faith by first, he was showing who he really was, and he was showing that he was really alive, right? That he ate with those who believed to show that he was not a ghost or a spirit, rather he had a body, he had truly been risen from the dead. And then he strengthens them with his presence. He eats with them. He fellowships with them. He assures them that he was now and forever their friend. And he was now and forever going to grace them with his presence. And it was by faith that they received him as their risen Lord. So by the grace of God, you who are sitting here this morning are chosen to witness the risen Christ. The Holy Spirit has brought you into this church this very morning, and he has brought you here because he wants you to hear the message that Christ has died for you and that Christ is risen for you. You now have the opportunity to witness him, first, by hearing that good news proclaimed to you, and you're witnessing him through the message that when you have faith in him, your sins are forgiven and you are at peace with God. And in just a few moments, you'll have the opportunity to witness him as he joins you in the meal of the Holy Sacrament, of Holy Communion. Because Christ is risen from the grave. He shows himself to us at the sacrament. He becomes really present for us. And he assures us that he is not dead. He is alive. Today, then, is the day to receive the living Savior by faith. If you hear his word but do not have faith and do not receive it in trust, it does you no good. If you come to eat with him at the sacrament but you don't receive it in faith, it does you no good. No, the risen Christ has come to us to be received by faith. Amen.